The book of Revelation is full of beasts and a lot of different things going on, wars and angels and la 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 la. There's one thing, if you understand, the entire book of Revelation makes sense. Find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey guys, welcome to Inverse. On this episode, we're going to look at the book of Revelation. And there's so many things. My blah blah is a catch-all for all the things that are there. All sorts of furniture, all sorts of animals, all sorts of things. And if we're not careful, we can just totally get lost, get uninterested, or get confused or whatnot. Sure. So, Siku, can you start us off with prayer, and then we'll get into the study. Okay. Loving Father, we ask that as we study your words, in, specifically as we go into the book of Revelation, that you would show us a clearer picture of Jesus, that we won't leave this study with fear, um, but with courage and confidence in what Christ has and is doing for us. Amen. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, Israel, can you read Revelation chapter 3, verse 21 for our starting verse? To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Mm. You see the point from, from Secret's prayer and from Israel's uh, text, that really the point it's of Revelation... Text, it's John's text. Well, it's John's text, yeah. but you, you, you read it. So, mm -hmm. um, is that, that Jesus is the center of all things. And that's kind of easy to say, uh, but something that's kind of hard to decipher through the mess. So, so Jared, what's, can you kind of give us a fly-by, fly-over revelation? Like, what's, what's going on? Is it random stuff just all kind of jumbled together? It, Did John eat pizza la late last night or some sofritas <laughs> at, at uh, some burrito place and he just had a weird dream? Like, what's going on? Yeah, if you start at the beginning of Revelation, read through it, it's going to feel like that. Yeah. Right? Because Revelation has... Number one, it has these cycles of seven that work through. Number two, you have um, kind of the, the first half of the book, which is mostly history. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last half of the book, which is very apocalyptic prophecy. In between, you kind of have this hinge, which is Revelation 12, mm -hmm. which is this cosmic controversy you know, narrative that you guys uh, discussed in a, in, a, in a previous episode. Mm -hmm. um, another way to look at Revelation is this movement through the sanctuary and mm. that is God's Old Testament sanctuary that he gave the, the plans to, to awesome. Moses but existed in heaven and anyway it's moving through this this yeah. progression really through the plan of salvation if you want it's to kind of like we down. need to know the geography of someone's house uh, to really understand the narrative of how what, what, what that person's going through through the day, yeah? And if you don't know what their house looks like, you really don't know, like you get up and you go to the bathroom, then you go into the kitchen, and you, and you have a, a ritual, and we're seeing the same thing here. So Siku, kind of give us an overview, kind of what's, what's the sanctuary, and just really, really simply, uh, what's going on there? Or really simply, you know, God gave a plan to Moses of a sanctuary in heaven, mm -hmm. and, and in this plan there was an outer courtyard Mm -hmm. And in the courtyard, um, there was where the sacrifice would take place. There was an altar where the sacrifice would take place. And then there was a laver with water um, that the priest would wash up before water. they go in. Mm -hmm. They have water. Laver. 
Lava. Wash basin. Yeah. Wash basin. Okay. And then, and then there was the there was the tent, right? And then getting into the tent, you'd go through the doorway through, to, into the tent. And the first compartment was the holy place. And in the holy place, you had a table with bread, with shoe bread, and they they would put. So showing well, the bread, so show, show bread. Shoe bread. Holding <laughs> the table. Was a shoe bread. Yeah, yes. yeah, but it's S H E W. Show. Okay, there was a table, <laughs> and they put 12 <laughs> loaves on the table, uh -huh. and then um, there was also, uh, sorry, there was the, the menorah, the candlestick, uh -huh. that had the, the candles coming out, and then, then you had this altar of incense, whereas outside you had an altar for sacrifice where they would kill the animal, inside you had an altar of incense where they would offer up this incense, this sweet savor that would go up, and that was right before a curtain that would go into the most holy place, where only the high priest would go once a year. Mm -hmm. um, and in there you had the Ark of the Covenant in which was, in which was God's Ten Commandment law. Mm -hmm. And on top, uh, the, 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 the covering of the Ark was called the mercy seat. Mm -hmm. And then you had these angels, these cherubs that were um, leaning over um, this mercy seat where God's presence would manifest itself mm -hmm. in, in mm -hmm. this night. It's so kind of like this, this, this uh, the sanctuary is like a building. It's, I almost see it as, as God's house. And that's where he resides. He 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 dwells there, and kind of like in the front courtyard, you kind of have his front yard. You got a barbecue going on, wow. you know, like there's a <laughs> fire, and then you got like a, a swimming pool there out, outside, yeah. Swimming and then pool. swimming pool, yeah, small little kitty kitty pool or cleansing lever. Okay. And you go inside the house, and you got like a nice dining table with some bread in there, and you got like a nice chandelier, seven seven seven. Sticked, is it the word? Chandelier. Seven branch. And then seven branch. Yeah. And then you got like the largest air freshener you've Bro, ever seen. I, in I your knew life. you weren't going to go <laughs> yeah. and describe the altar of incense as an air it freshener. Made, I mean, but it's, it's, these, are, these are home furniture items. Yeah, I'm mean, just trying to bring it down. And it's, you go to the most holy place, which is kind of like the Lord's bedroom, kind of where he is. And for me, my pillow is like a very, you know, I don't want anyone, this, that's my. You know, that's where I sleep, as my head goes. So kind of, this is God's house, and this is where, um, now we brought it down, let's bring it back up, you know, and this is where salvation, the plan of salvation takes place, and each little attribute is revealing some attribute about salvation. salvation. Yeah. Because it's not, because it's not a swimming pool, it's a symbol of our cleansing and purification sure. of sin. It's not a barbecue grill, although the, the Hebrews did roast meat and the priests would partake of that. But this is a symbol of the offering of the Lamb of God, which takes away sure. the sin of the world. And, you know, symbols that was lambs or sacrifice, they would be consumed sure. on, on that altar and various other things. Yeah. So all these details are found in the Old Testament. I'm going to be very careful that sometimes we think that's Old Testament. That's, that's for ancient Jewish people. That's for them. Uh, but this is, the Revelation is actually linking back to that. It's, it's a nice comprehensive picture between the two. Yeah. And the book of Revelation also, uh, it, it connects the old with the new. Mm -hmm. it's, kind of like a, it's kind of like a stepping stone between the Old Testament to our present reality for the purpose of preparation for an eternal reality that's in the future. And so mm -hmm. in Revelation, you have the past, the present, and the future. And I do like the concept that you portrayed of the sanctuary serving as God's home. When I looked at it from that perspective, I looked at it more as it, we're getting acquainted with Jesus in a more intimate fashion as we progress through the sanctuary and as we experience more closely and more fully 
the story of salvation of mm -hmm. salvation personally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So once we have that kind of building in mind, that kind of map, then we know when when when, when stuff is happening in Revelation, we're like, oh, candlesticks. Oh, so we were inside. Oh, there's a cleansing lamp. You know, not a swimming pool, as you say, but there's water components. Hey, there's an altar of incense. Oh, there's a golden item, and and then where there's judgment. It'll kind of all is contextualized. For sure. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1, and we'll go into the first part. Um, so Revelation is actually one of the, se this is the second book, a sequel to Gospel of John. John wrote the Gospel of John, and, Gospel, and, and John wrote Revelation. And when Jesus was on this earth, it, it symbolized his courtyard ministry outside, yeah. And this is where the sacrifice, sacrifice takes place, place, right, in yep. the sanctuary. And then Jesus made that sacrifice on the cross for us. So there's that, that connection that yeah. reaches the earth to that courtyard of the yeah. sanctuary. Yeah, so everything inside the holy place is indoors. It's contained within, within golden walls and golden, golden floor. But outside, it's just dirt and symbolizing this is what happens here on earth. Yeah, um, John chapter 1. Behold, the Lamb of God. So let's go to Revelation 1, and John kind of picks up on this. Let's start reading from verse 4 to 6. Siku, can you read that for us? Sure. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right, we start off with a very awesome picture of Jesus in John chapter 1. Um, he kind of alludes to Gospel of John, the ministry of, of Jesus on earth, but he's kind of jumping off into something. So come, someone describe what's going on here. Israel, what, what are some things it's you an introduction. It's an introduction who Jesus is. Mm. And in the sanctuary, what's important for us to understand is the fact that the sanctuary, as you mentioned, is God's dwelling place, but it is also the place of judgment is from where Jesus is going to serve as, as judge. And it's also the place of of worship. So it's all of these different things combined. And so here you have a picture of Jesus who has all these different things combined. It says Jesus Christ is the faithful witness. It kind of, to me, it at least kind of brings allusion to the the, the golden um, candlesticks. Mm -hmm. the, it says the firstborn from the dead. Here it goes back to Jesus as the Lamb of God, which takes away the, the sins of the world. He dies, but mm -hmm. he also rises again. The ruler over the kings of the earth. Not only is Jesus the king of heaven, but, but he also has a rulership over over the uh, the kings of the earth, and it says, now it, it gets intimate. It says, who washed us with his, uh, who loved us, and who washed us with his uh, with his own blood. Mm -hmm. And so you have here an intro an introduction of Jesus as primarily the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. But but what's awesome about this introduction is that he's like, I'm not just that. Mm -hmm. This is how I'm introducing to you myself to you at at like first at first encounters, but I want you to know that there's much more to me. I am the For complete sure. person. As soon as you come in contact with me, you have complete and total assurance that your past, your present, and your future is taken care of. And so with the Lamb of God, you know, um, taking away our sins, the Bible talks about being the Lamb of God from the foundation of the world. And so you have a picture of Jesus as the Lamb, yes, but also as our all in all. I really appreciate that because I think sometimes Jesus gets pigeonholed as that guy who died on a cross so that I don't have to go to hell, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and you kind of put, you end up putting God in a box. And here in the book of Revelation, you see 
uh, a revelation of Jesus Christ, mm. which John said like from the beginning, mm -hmm. this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm going to show you the, the, the ministry that Jesus Christ has, which is more than just what he did on the cross. Mm. It's, it's more than that, that little picture that we have of him. He's not, it's not just what he did in the past. It's what he's doing currently for you and what he's going to do for you in the future. Jesus is all of this and he's more than just this little thing. Yeah. So this building really gives us what Jesus did, what he's doing, and what he'll do for us in the future. A comprehensive picture of Jesus for throughout all time. Yeah. We'll come back to the sanctuary after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back, you guys. Hope you enjoyed that break. We're in Revelation chapter 1. Um, I'd like to point out verse 5 there from the second part there. To him who loved us and washed us from our, own, from our sins in his own blood. You really see this is, this is courtyard language. Uh, washing going on and washing it with the blood of Jesus. Um, you see these two elements. You have this, what the ancients called the, the fountain of blood and the fountain of water. And these are the two things that wash us. The sin washes us, or the blood washes us from our sins, and then the water washes us from the blood. And so we find this double purification going on. Um, and Jesus, when in John chapter 19, you know, uh, a Roman guy, he purses his side, and out comes blood and water. And these, these, the ancient, uh, not the Jews, when they saw this, I mean, Nicodemus and, and the, the Pharisees, I mean, they're seeing this as an allusion to the sanctuary, you know, mm. blood and water motif. Mm -hmm. wow. It's really, really, really cool stuff. Um, any, other, any other insights that you see in chapter 1 that allude to the sanctuary or any other points that you see? Yeah, we have sure. in, in, in verse 9, verse nine. Um, John has this vision of Jesus. And the first thing, one of the first things that, that he notices is that, um, uh, actually it's verse 12, when I turned to see the voice that spoke with me and having turned, I saw seven golden, golden candlesticks. Mm -hmm. right? So he sees Jesus and really from where he's issuing it, uh, uh, his, his words, but also these, these golden candlesticks, it says, represent these churches, which are earthbound, literal mm -hmm. churches in uh, Asia Minor, Turkey, mm -hmm. as we would know it. Yeah. Today. So by this point, now we are, you know, uh, golden candlesticks. Now we have transitioned to the holy place. And um, anyone who, who, who sees this imagery would like, well, we're, we're now inside. And, now it, it, and chronologically, it makes sense because now Jesus has died, he's resurrected, and now he, he, he went upstairs. Yes. And that, that gets. That gets even more um, clear, almost like a hard transition in chapter four. Mm -hmm. um, but I won't. You're right. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, Israel. Mm. Yeah. I, what, what's what I enjoy about each of these compartments, each of these uh, different areas of the ministry of Jesus, mm -hmm. is the intimacy that he experiences with his people. Mm -hmm. When you have him in the courtyard, it's like he's washing us with his own blood. There's an intimate connection where Jesus himself takes upon himself the responsibility of making us clean. Here, he's, um, he's among, in the middle of his people, his churches. He's not above, he's not on the side, but he's in the middle of his people. And so in the most holy place experience, it's communion with God. And we commune mm -hmm. with God through the study of his word. Mm -hmm. We commune with God through, you know, the, the medium of the Holy Spirit, through intercessory prayer. 
but this the, the picture that is being portrayed is that the way we worship God or our experience in life is designed to experience intimacy with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Which is pretty crazy. In the seven churches, I mean, there's some crazy churches out there. Yeah. I mean, you got good ones like Philadelphia and kind of Ephesus, but you got super bad ones like Pergamos and Thyatira and kind of this. I mean, it's, I don't want to be late. Anyway, but here, what you're saying is Jesus is still in the midst of these really bad churches too. Mm-hmm. Even Thyatira, which apostatizes and, and does all this crazy stuff. Yeah. It's, it's some, there's a lot of... Get a lot of encouragement and yeah. comfort from that. Which goes to the which goes to the foundational text of the sanctuary. You know, let them build me a sanctuary that, that may I may dwell with them. And and Jesus takes very seriously this not only this responsibility, but I guess this responsibility of being one with us, of dwelling with us in our good and our bad, while we're sinful and on our journey through sanctification to, to being like Him. He takes that very seriously. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Revelation 4, and we're going to moving, our momentum is going that way, and there's a shift that happens, yeah? Two and three, we look at the seven churches, and four happens. What's, ha- what's happening in four, Jared? You said you don't want four, to go there, but now we're there. Yeah, do you mind if I read <laughs> verse one? Go for it. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, And the voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after Mm -hmm. this. So John hears this voice. He responds, There's a door open in heaven. Okay? So in the courtyard, you would come, and there is a door. There would be a door there where you would go in this gateway into the holy the holy place, place. Mm-hmm. and that is exactly what John does because mm-hmm. he goes in he sees the throne of God um, mm-hmm. and uh, the cool thing is here so he before John was seeing Jesus in the midst of the candlesticks in the holy place but now he's actually invited to go he's entering and in. entering in and then he sees and this is where it gets into a little bit so this there's this cycles of seven that you mentioned yeah Jared you have the seven churches the seven seals and the seven trumpets and we don't have really time to get into all that because it goes with a lot of history but the seven churches uh, deal with Jesus at the candlesticks the seven seals deal with Jesus at the, the table of showbread you kind of see that in verse 4 chapter 4 verse 4 around the throne were 24 thrones and on thrones I saw 24 elders sitting uh, oh just kidding verse 5 <laughs> and from the throne Proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Same lamps. This is the same lamps, yeah. So this is on the other side of the lamps, where we have the table of showbread. And then chapter 8, if you go there, we see more sanctuary uh, furniture, if you will. Verse 2, saw seven angels, excuse me, verse 2. Who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Another angel, having a golden censer, That's... came and stood at the altar. Mm-hmm. He was given much incense, and I, I say a big, you know, air freshener, <laughs> but the incense was there to the stench of burnt blood and flesh. And this, this incense covered all this. So it had a function of an air freshener, but a lot more spiritual and potent than Febreze. Verse 14, the smoke of this incense and the prayers of the saints ascend before God uh, from the angel's hand. The angel took the censer, threw it from the fire from the altar, threw it to the earth, and there was noise, thunderings, lightnings, and earth. So you see more sanctuary imagery here, these sevens, yeah? It's all taking place in the holy place. So what's going on? What, what was Jesus doing in the holy place? So, sure. so you have... Um uh, John from Earth, look, you know, when he sees the, the candlesticks, and then he's invited in. Okay, mm-hmm. this 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 sanctuary in heaven, mm-hmm. right? It kind of illustrates how Earth and and heaven are 
fuse together really and how events mm -hmm. on the earth also impact heaven. Things that happen in heaven also affect things mm -hmm. on earth. So going through verse four, we get into verse five. And then, you know, John sees, uh, has, you know, this scroll, which I believe is like, it's like the, the destiny of the, the earth, right? Mm -hmm. It's the title deed to the planet. Who can open, who has the authority to take hold of these things? And nobody can. And then all of a sudden, a, 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 a lamb appears. And the Bible says in verse 6, Behold, in the midst of the throne, the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain. Mm. Right? So here is Jesus. Jesus is the only one that's worthy. Now, um, Jesus had been slain, it says. So Jesus was slain. And here, it's like he's entering into the presence of God to demonstrate what he has done on the earth, that he is worthy, and he, and he takes the possession really of the earth because he's bought it with his own blood. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is Jesus entering into this. And John has an eyewitness of the lamb, the slain lamb, as John the Baptist said, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John saw it. John the Baptist saw it before. Here's, here's the apostle John seeing this in vision in heaven as Christ steps in with authority mm -hmm. to take up the earth is his own possession. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The most holy place has these three furniture items connect how Jesus is interacting with these three 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 things. I mean, you brought up the, the covenant prince here, he, and he's the worthy one. But there's these three furniture items. Connect those for us. Well, um, you have the throne here. It's mm -hmm. interesting because the... Um, the, the table of bread isn't, isn't mentioned here at all, mm -hmm. right? But you know, a, according to the plan that God gave Moses, if you walk into the holy place, you're going to see the candlesticks on the left, mm -hmm. and on the right, you're going to see the bread, mm -hmm. right? So here you see directly across from the throne are those candlesticks. So that, that, that bread represents... God's throne, right? Mm -hmm. There's two stacks, right? All right, and when when the apostle Peter is describing this very same event in Acts chapter two, he says Jesus ascended, and where did he sit down? He sat down at the right hand of God. So there's, there's it's almost like... So like a, directionally even works out. It's directionally right yeah, yeah, yeah. it works out. So, yeah, yeah. so in the last session, you're talking about uh, I, uh, Isaiah's description of Lucifer wanting to take over God's throne on the sides of the north. Mm -hmm. If you walk into the holy That's place, that table of showbread is on the north Very side cool. of the sanctuary. So, so cool. you see these connections all over yeah. the place. Yeah. So when you look at the sanctuary, it's very interesting that in the courtyard, anyone could have access there. But in the holy place, only the priest could go in there. And in the most holy place, the high priest could only go in there. And, you may, and I, was, I always wondered, like, why, why is this so complicated? Why are there so many, well, the Old Testament is all these things. But we're finding in Revelation that each of these strands is all pointing to Jesus in a different component. Yep. Yeah. So if I were to sin, I've sinned many times in the Old Testament, I would come and bring my lamb. I would kill the lamb. My sin would be transferred from myself to the lamb. Then from lamb to the blood. The, the, the priest would carry the blood, so in a sense, the, 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 the sin is transferred to the priest. The priest goes into the holy place, and now the sin is in the, the sanctuary. And it's a long, complicated process, but what, what, what Revelation is actually telling us is uh, the lamb is Jesus, the blood is Jesus, the priest, Jesus, the holy place, Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, becomes a depository for all sins. Let's go to Revelation thir- eleven, and let's go to the last section of here. Eleven nineteen is, and we're going we're going to the last ministry of Jesus. Verse nineteen, and Siku wants to read that for us. Verse nineteen. All right. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of His covenant was seen in His temple, and there were lightnings, noises thunderings, an earthquake, and great hail. Okay, we see that this is the last ministry of Jesus. So the, the high priest points to Jesus, and the most holy place talks about what Jesus is doing. And so in verse 19, we see this most holy place is this last section that's, that Jesus is doing. What's taking place here? What's taking place in the most well, holy we, place? Siku. We have in, in the Old Testament yes. the picture of the, the most holy place that the high, only the high priest would go in once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, Leviticus 16, mm-hmm. and he'd go in and on this one particular day, the Day of Atonement, the activities that he would do in there were to cleanse the sanctuary, to mm-hmm. cleanse the sanctuary of all the sins that had been deposited there. Mm-hmm. And so there, there are, the, the purpose of going into there once a year was so that you could get rid of what had been being deposited yeah. there. So when you see Jesus going into the most holy place, you have this picture of there's an end that's at hand. Yeah. There's a cleansing that's about to happen so that we can end this whole story of sin being deposited. Yeah. It's not going to happen forever. Yeah. Jesus is going to put an end to that and cleanse yeah. it out. Yeah. You come to Jesus as a, as a sinful human being. Mm-hmm. Jesus accepts you as you are. He takes away your sin, and then he begins to build the process of not only taking away sin from you, but taking you away from sin. Mm-hmm. He gets to the point where he takes mm-hmm. you as you are, but then at some point he eliminates sin itself. And so he takes you through that process, and step by step he guides you. And you mentioned it's a complicated process because sin is a complicated process. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the committing sin ultimately creates a lot of work, and I think that this is what it portrays. Mm-hmm. But at the very same time, with Jesus involved and Jesus involved in every step of the way ultimately gives us hope that there is hope for the sinner mm-hmm. that not only will he be able to be forgiven from sin but also have sin eradicated out of their yeah, lives. Hope for the sinner as an individual and I'm also looking here from the great controversy hope for humanity hope as, for as a corporate body yeah mm-hmm. I love what you said that he he takes sin away from us I feel like that's the courtyard ministry. Then he takes us away from sin, and he's he's building us up with the bread and the light and 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 the altar of incense inside. And then in the most holy place, he's just removing sin from humanity altogether. These different stages. Yeah, I really I'm I'm, I'm excited that I'm learning about this. Jesus is doing something for us right now, and I want to thank. I want to worship this Lord. I want to thank this Lord. I want to fall in love with this Lord more. How many of you have you been enlightened and your, your vision of Jesus has been just like brain is on the walls because we, our brains have exploded? Hopefully you've been blessed by this study. We'll see you next week. We're going to get more into the book of Revelation and last day events here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.